This is Fuse FM. Hello and welcome to this Fuse in Focus General Election Special. I'm Josh and here with me I've got four students from campus political parties. They're here to answer your questions ahead of the upcoming general election. To start, if you'd like to introduce yourselves and the party you're here to represent. Hi, I'm Albie and I'm from the Green Party of England and Wales. My name's Jake and I'm from the Conservative Party. I'm Jamie Dwan and I'm from the Liberal Democrats. My name's Aaron and I'm from the Labour Party. Thank you very much. To start with, I'm going to give you guys one minute to pitch your parties, highlight some key policies and tell us why people, and especially students and young people, should vote for you. Jake, if you want to start us off? So the first reason, and obviously the biggest issue for in this campaign, is Brexit. After three years of paralysis in Parliament, it's important that we get Brexit out of the way. Uh, so that we can move on to the uh, next stage of negotiations, but also so we can start to focus more on our national plan beyond Brexit, involving providing a hand up for young people, um, improving uh, education uh, funding, but also extending the rollout of apprenticeships, investing 150 million in apprenticeships for those who don't go to university. I think it's important that we improve housing, um, the continuation of uh, cutting stamp duty, and carrying on with the help to buy scheme uh, also cutting taxes for small independent businesses so it's easier for young people to start a business and to stop the uh, degradation of our high streets that we've seen over the next over the last uh, few decades or so Albie do you want to tell us why people should vote green first of all we live in a climate emergency and our very own, own existence is under threat um, the IPCC warns that we only have 10 years now left to stop the irreversible and damaging effects of climate change Meanwhile, of course, we continue to argue about Brexit and the endless pursuit of eternal economic growth, ignoring the experts and glossing over the very real threat that climate change poses. We say no to austerity and the Greens demand urgent, radical climate change action. We propose a Green New Deal to reshape all aspects of the economy for the better and to protect the well-being of our planet and people. We demand a people's vote on Brexit and we will campaign for Remain to reform the EU and to fight the climate crisis on a truly global scale. Only the Greens say yes to Europe and no to climate chaos. You should vote Green on the 12th of December to make this the climate election. Jamie, why should students vote Lib Dem at this election? Well, uh, by voting Liberal Democrat on uh, December the 12th, uh, you'll be sending a message to the two tired, stale parties that, that have dominated politics for so long. By voting Lib Dem, you're the only, the only party that will properly stop Brexit and let's end these logjammed few years. Uh, by stopping Brexit, we'll gain a 50 billion Remain bonus, which can be spent on building a brighter future for the country, particularly in places like the North West that have been overlooked for so long by the main two parties. Neither Jeremy Corbyn or Boris Johnson are fit to lead this country, and there is another choice. Mm -hmm. And Aaron, you're last up. Labour, why should students vote for Labour? I think many students will be voting for Labour. What's your pitch to the ones that might not be? Young people need to realise that austerity has been a defining feature of their lives. We've had a Conservative and Lib Dem government for the past nine years, and it can't go on. We've seen hospitals privatised, schools overpacked with kids, and working families being plunged into poverty. Labour pledged to reverse the damage caused to this country by the Liberal Democrats and the Conservatives. We're the only party that stands a chance of making Britain a country that works for young people, rather than leaving them in debt, demoralised, and putting them in precarious work. We can't allow another... Year, another five years of cruel cuts and it's time for real change. 
Thanks, folks. So you're all sort of students either at Manchester or Manchester Met, and you're all, you know, campus leaders, and you'll be campaigning for your parties on campus. I think we can all agree that sometimes students might not have it the easiest. I want to start by asking you what your party is offering to students in their manifesto. Jamie, can we start with you? What are the Lib Dems offering for students? We've had our, our, our problems with um, student policy in the past. I think we've, our aim is to try and rectify that. Um, we'd like to bring back the, the maintenance grant that was taken away by the Tories in, uh, after 2015. But also one of the big things that is going to affect students so much is you know, a vast majority of students voted to remain. Without the programs like the Erasmus programme and losing so many rights across Europe, by just giving students back that right to if we stop Brexit, you know, they'll have more opportunities to study abroad and more opportunities to meet like-minded people at university because, as we know, after Brexit, the amount of uh, international students that would come to the British universities was going to drastically you know, decrease, and it's a massive, important cultural impact that's had on students. So that's one of the big things we're offering is a chance to stop Brexit and, at the end of the day, you know, increase what your broad ranges are. The Lib have quite a sort of troubled relationship with students and tuition fees, do, don't they? Is that something you regret? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I fundamentally disagree with the coalition in its entirety. We've made a lot of mistakes, but we did some good things as well, um, and we did achieve some good things. But the tuition fees was a mistake, totally. I think the way that tuition fees are paid now is actually fairer, because uh, a lot of it is it's saying it's a debt, but it's, it's actually more of a tax. But it shouldn't have been raised, it shouldn't have been that high. Um, but on the other hand, we are seeing that you know more and more people from disadvantaged backgrounds are now going to university thanks to, to the changes in tuition fees. But again, we've made our mistakes and I think we've all realised we got that in 2015, 2017 by being decimated that increasing tuition fees was the wrong choice to do. Jake, I want to ask you next, what is what are the Conservatives pledging to do for students in their manifesto? The NUS have said that the Tory party manifesto shows disregard for students. Are they right in saying that? I don't know if they're necessarily right. I appreciate that with me as a Conservative, I'm never going to be the most popular person on campus. I think the way that tuition fees are rolled out is um, relatively fair. I know it seems like an awful lot of money, and in fact it is, and you are going to be paying that tax after you graduate. But I'd like to think that is actually an investment as your f in your future. And, uh, you know, dropout rates in England compared to Scotland are a lot lower because people are paying that um, large amount of money. It does act as, for me personally, I see it as, as that investment. It's an incentive to work hard. I think the way that um, student loans are rolled out in terms of, uh, you know, they're judged by the proportion of your parents' income is a um, good method. I know you mentioned international students a moment ago. Uh, I am concerned about the uh, numbers of international students uh, that potentially going down after Brexit. I completely uh, get that. I'm happy that the Home Office uh, now, Priti Patel, has reversed Theresa May's what I see as an error when she was in the uh, Home Office. So international students can now, now stay for two years after they graduate. I think that's really positive. They will also always be welcome here and make a great contribution to our universities. So, uh, yeah. Aaron, that's right, isn't it? If we scrap tuition fees like Jeremy Corbyn's promising to, people will just drop out, won't they? I don't think that's necessarily true at all. I think Labour understand the truth that tuition fees are totally unnecessary and that education is in fact a human right rather than something that's to do with what's in your wallet. Student Finance England just simply isn't doing enough. It leaves graduates saddled with debt that, and then they're forced into precarious work that isn't fulfilling, whereas we pledge to build a national education service that will provide cradle-to-grave educational service no matter at what point in life you wish to study. What do you say to people that say it's just a, a giveaway for students and it's just something to get students to vote for Labour? I don't think that's necessarily true at all. I think students are, in this day and age, we are one of the first generations who are going to be worse off than our parents. And so we have to understand that the privileges afforded to our parents, we can't just pretend that we can't suddenly afford them anymore. This is something that 
can't go on and we must allow students, no matter what their background, no matter what they want to do in life, to have a good chance at education regardless of how much their parents earn and how much is in their wallet. Albie, what's in the Green Party manifesto for students? What are they promising? Well, we're, we're very similar to Labour in the fact that we want to completely get rid of, of tuition fees. In fact, we're willing to return the 90, sorry, the nine grand um, tuition fees that people are already paying. We also have shown solidarity with the climate strikes, particularly with the, the, the youth climate strike. For us, it's completely despicable that in this day and age we, we have to have children tell us that, that what we're doing is wrong. And for that, that's why we have come out with the boldest carbon neutrality target of 2030. And basically, I'd, I'd just like to tell young people that we're, we're here thinking about your future and your long-term future, but also we're thinking about humanity on a global scale and we're thinking about science. You're touching a lot on sort of you know humanity and climate change stuff out there. Is it is there anything else in your manifesto for students? Yeah, you know, are people right in thinking that you are a bit of a single issue party in that respect? I think in many ways we we are a single issue party. I think people of the Green Party know that. I think people of the Green Party wouldn't want there to. We don't want to have to have a Green Party. It should really be a a part of everyone's manifesto. It should be on the same level with our Green New Deal. I think. It's fair to say that we are a single issue party, with the exception that we, we're completely, you know, ardent Remainers uh, when it comes to Brexit. Done with Brexit completely, and we're completely happy to, to stay part of the European Union and reform it uh, to the best of our ability to help combat climate change. Um, right now I want to ask you about the UCU lecturer strikes in a row over pay and pensions. Um, we talk about tuition fees and students paying at the moment £9,250 but at the moment there are many students that aren't going to lectures or seminars because lecturers are striking. I want to start with you Aaron. Jeremy Corbyn says that he will stand in solidarity with the strikers. What would Labour do to make sure that, the, that lecturers don't need to do this again? Well, Labour have pledged to overturn the Trade Union Act of 2016, which made it almost impossible for workers to organise in their workplace, introducing a 50% turnout ballot requirement in order for workplaces to go on strike. And I think we can see recently with the High Court injunction on the CWU strike that this is just a sign of things to come should the Tories win again. Workers will be denied their basic workplace rights. And I think students across this country, no matter what university they're at, should support striking lecturers because their working conditions are our learning conditions. And I and the rest of the group at MLS are proud to stand shoulder to shoulder with these lecturers. Is that right, Jake? Is it all the Conservatives' fault? What's your view on the strikes? Uh, I don't think it is completely. I think it's a good thing that uh, you have to get over 50% on the ballot to strike. I think it's unfair because some of the, a lot of the issues we saw in the sort of 70s and 80s where actually ballots weren't held or, you know, small proportions of workers actually voted to strike, which led to absolute chaos. I completely understand why students are angry about this. I know it might seem uh, good, you know, we get another week off, but actually we're paying an awful lot of money for um, our degree. It is an investment in our future. Um, so I can understand why students are frustrated, but at the same time, if you know, the right proportion of lecturers vote to strike, then that is absolutely uh, their right. Jamie, in your view, are the conditions bad enough to justify a strike? What's your view on the, on the lecture strike? Well, I think... You know, it's, it's always sad when it gets to this point, and I, of course, I support the right to strike. I think that's that's entitled to any worker. But 
it's always, you know, you should try and avoid it as much as possible. I think, it, again, it's, it's sad it's got to this point, and I understand completely why the reasons they're doing it. I mean, they, they, they quote about the, uh, the gender pay gap that, that a, lot of, uh, a lot of lecturers are experiencing, and that's one of the things that Lib Dems take really seriously. Um, there's something about 15% gender pay gap in universities, which is totally not on. And this is one of the things that we're really proud to talk about with uh, Joe Swinson's leadership. You know, she's, she brought in gender, gender pay gap reporting, and our manifesto is completely committed to, to ending the gender pay gap as well as sending that pay gap to BAME and LGBT communities, which I think is one of the really important reasons why this strike's going on. Of course, we'd all prefer it not to, but I understand the reasons why. And, Albie, just really quickly, what's the Green Party you know, position on striking lecturers? Do you support them? I certainly support them. I can't tell you the exact position from the Green Party itself, but I'm sure anyone would, would agree that you know, people deserve to be treated uh, in a fair working environment. One thing we also wanted to include in our manifesto was the universal basic income. Um, and we believe that is something that people universally should be have should have access to a minimum amount of, of money to, to fund their daily lives. You know, it, we support a lot of strikes ourselves, obviously with the climate strikes. It would be ironic for us not to support this strike. Mm -hmm. But like I said, we don't we don't want strikes to have to happen in the first place. These mm -hmm. things really need to be dealt with quickly and they need to be you know workers need to be respected from the, from the get-go i want to talk about brexit there's no getting away from it and you're all groaning now because nobody wants to to talk about brexit um i want to sort of relate it back to students a little bit especially you know i'll ask you jamie because i think brexit is a, a bit of a centerpiece of your manifesto and wanting to remain in the european union is it true that brexit has overshadowed every sort of student issue and do you think that we need to get this done so we can move on to talking about more important things well i think to begin with, to get Brexit done, that's that's a complete myth. Brexit doesn't get done by just leaving. We entered into you know years long trade trade negotiations. The one kind uh, of trade negotiations took nearly ten years to complete. Brexit doesn't get done by leaving. It has overshadowed things, but it should overshadow things because it's a massive, massive issue and it's going to affect every part of our, our lives. And that's why it's so depressing to see that you know the leader of the opposition hasn't actually got an opinion on the biggest issue of the day. Uh, and I think that's uh, offensive to a lot of people. I think it's, it's quite it's quite disappointing that you know. If you're trying to oppose a, a government that we all disagree with, can't even think of a, a, a you know a, a, a position on on Brexit. But you know, it is an important issue, and, and students will bear the brunt of it as well Apparently because it they will like have. Sort of disagreeing with that a little bit. Is it true that Jeremy Corbyn hasn't got a position on this? I wouldn't say that's necessarily true. I think Jeremy Corbyn's taking a very mature position, as is the rest of the Labour Party leadership, in that they're standing as a neutral, honest trust broker in the matter, and they're going to allow individual Labour Party members, along with the rest of the society, to, dis to decide how we're going to respond to the Brexit question, whether that be through leaving with a much better deal than the one the Conservatives offer, or by remaining in the EU. By having a neutral leadership, it means that we can have the policy carried out no matter what the people say indiscriminately and as swiftly as possible. What about Manchester Labour's leadership who Andy Burnham said he's going to support leave? That's not neutral is it? We're not affiliated with Andy but the Metro Mayor's office though. Andy Burnham may well, that's his position as Andy Burnham, that's not the position of the Labour Party leadership, that's it him acting. It does raise a, a sort of slightly important point, isn't it? Because you can you can envisage someone like Keir Starmer, who's you know expressed sort of remained sympathies in the past. He could go and negotiate this deal in three months, and he could work really hard on it, and then sort of turn around and then campaign for Remain. How can that? How can those two two things be mutually comparable? Well, I think you have to you have to understand that when we go into no negotiations, we go in as a team, and so it won't just be Keir Starmer on his own. Yes, he may want to campaign for Remain, but he understands that as a Labour Party member, his duty is to the party, and the party's position is to negotiate a deal and then hold a referendum. He's not going to go in with 
sympathies for one side or the other to begin with. He's doing what he believes is right in the interests of British society, which are the interests of the Labour Party. Jake, I want to ask you about the Tory view. Um, we had Jamie saying that Brexit won't just get done. That's been a big Boris Johnson soundbite. What's your, what's your view on that? Can we get Brexit done? I think I get where you're coming from completely. We do have to get, after this deal uh, is passed, if, it's get pa- if it gets passed, hopefully, we do then move on to the trade negotiations. But I think for us, getting past this third, first hurdle, which has you know, been dragging out for over a year now, trying to get a deal through, will be... A seismic part of the Brexit process. I think once we get that, that's the first. That's what's really been paralysing us and stopped us from moving to those next uh, stages of negotiations. So you're right. There will be uh, trade talks. I think Boris said that by the end of 2020, he was aimed to uh, sign a free great trade deal with the EU. But you're right. Once we get past this first major bit uh, of Brexit, we'll then move on to the trade talks. So there is still more to come. I think getting this first stage out of the way after a year, you know, three times of trying to get Theresa May's deal through and then Boris Johnson's new deal. Every other party here offers some form of a way out. We've got the Lib Dems saying they'll revoke completely. We've got Labour with the opportunity of a second referendum. Green hold a sort of similar position to that. Students overwhelmingly want to remain in the European Union. So why should they vote for the Conservative Party where there's no way out of this conundrum for them? It depends if you're a Democrat or not. You know, the majority of people voted to uh, leave in 20. 20- uh, 16. I think, as I'm aware, but for 18 to 25 year olds, only about 20 um, something percent of people turned out. So, you know, if, if you know, students at the time felt so passionately about this issue, maybe they should have turned out and Albie, voted you, in. You want to say something? Yeah, uh, the 3 million EU free movers uh, that w- live and work in Britain and in other EU countries, many of them did not have the right to vote in that referendum when it directly affects them practically more than anyone. You know, as I'm coming from a party that's completely invested in being part of, of, of Europe and being part of, of, of global politics in general, I think we need to remember that there were plenty of people that could have swayed that very tight result if they had been given a vote, uh, particularly uh, those who are under the age of 18. We want to give 16-year-olds the right to vote in the Green Party. We believe that, you know, anyone who is, you know, just as involved in politics as as, as, as someone in their 60s, if they're... Uh, you know, in in college, they should be able to vote and express their opinion. Jake, um, do you want to respond to that really quickly before we move on? Are you about the age of voting? <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, those were the rules back in 2016, and we have to abide by those uh, rules. I think lowering the voting age, first of all, you know, where does it end? You lower it down to 14 or 12. There are so many things that you can't do when you're 16 that you can do when you're 18. It's an incredibly, there's a huge gap between those uh, two different age groups. There needs to be a clear cut-off point when it comes to the right to vote. So I completely back it. I think the age to vote should be uh, 18. And I'm someone who's involved in active in politics, um, you know, when I was 16, 17. But I think there does need to be that clear cut-off point of responsible adults when you turn 18 years of age. Mm-hmm. Um, we could talk about this forever. And by the looks of your faces, we, we don't want to talk about it forever. We want to talk about other issues. So let's move on to the environment. You know, it's a it's a huge issue. Before we came on, the European Parliament declared a climate and environmental emergency. I mean, Albie, is this the biggest issue that's facing us right now? Oh, totally. I mean, on a global scale, I mean, you only have to listen to what the United Nations is saying, um, particularly the IPCC, which, like I said earlier, is giving us, well, gave us 12 years, which was now two years ago. So we've got a decade to really get our act together if we want to stop the irreversible uh, problems with climate change that face us. Jake, what are the Tories doing on climate change? 
under Theresa May's, uh, when Theresa May was in power, uh, obviously we declared the um, climate emergency in Parliament, we, with the help of the Labour Party as well, because you know this is an issue that's going to affect all of us. So I think it's important that we work together. Uh, the Conservatives were investing 260 million to help tackle uh, inner city uh, pollution. We're also uh, aiming to reduce our sulphur emissions by 43 percent by 2030. Boris Johnson uh, has talked about uh, you know investing in green jobs so that you know people don't lose out uh, when it comes to climate when it comes to the um, inevitable transition that we need to make in our economy so we are taking it seriously I think in the past we've been seen as a party that doesn't um, care about the environment but I'm happy now we've progressed over the last 10 years or so and I think we are gonna we will make that necessarily uh, investment to help get to zero emissions by 2050. Aaron do you agree that the Conservatives have done enough on climate change? I don't think they are at all, no, I think... And how would Labour do more? How would Labour do more? Well, we are pledging to work alongside unions to keep jobs through our green industrial revolution that will involve fitting over a million homes across the UK with solar panels, retrofitting insulation across home, in homes across the UK in order to reduce wasted energy and to reduce people's bills. We're going to retrain people who work in the fossil fuel industry in, uh, to work in renewable energies in order to keep jobs and not destroy industry in this country. Our environmentalism cannot and must not stop at the EU border and must be a global project. After all, this is a global catastrophe. Jamie, can I get your view on what the Lib Dems are doing on the environment? Yeah, so our environmental policy has always been a centre-front of, uh, of our party and we're pledging to cut um, carbon emissions by 85% by 2030. As well as extending the blue belt for marine life across 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 the world, and also, but also, you know, a lot of this is very nice to talk about and very nice to pledge, but it's about actions as well. And as we've seen in many councils, the Manchester City Council Labour run has put thirty two million pounds back into fossil fuels, and they're refusing to to change that. So it's all about, you know, great to have it in your manifesto, but if you're not actually acting on it, there's no point saying it. Let's try and bring it a little bit sort of closer to home. Um, now in Manchester, we saw the student protesters occupying the John Owens building. That's where the university management buildings are. The university has now made a commitment to change its policy and move towards carbon neutral investments. But what do you guys think personally? And what do you think that your party leaders would say to these student protesters? I'll start with you, Albie. Yeah, for sure. I mean, our own Kate Benson was was there during the John Owens occupation. Um, and she's told me that, you know, it's, it's, it's not as clear cut as, as they wanted it to be, the immediate divestment that they hope for is is you know is, is assuming that the uni keeps its word, and it's not necessarily something that's being done immediately. You know, this country has declared a climate emergency. Dare I say it, due to the fact that we had to go on a massive protest mm -hmm. um, to to make that happen. Um, I don't think the Conservatives are really into that until we, you know, blocked up London, basically, with the Extinction Rebellion. Jake, what do you think Boris Johnson would say to the climate protesters in John Owens? Do you think he'd support them? I'm not. I, mean, I don't know. I can't say. I'd say that he might not necessarily support them, but he he would be with them. He would completely understand why they're doing it. I'm quite. I don't necessarily agree with all the protests, but I'd say I completely. I have a lot of respect for them. Um, you know, going out of their way to make their voice heard. I think it's climate change is a really important issue. So I'd say it's really important. I think our politicians have now started to listen to young people, and I'd say, you know, Boris Johnson completely understands why they're protesting and does understand. You know how momentum this issue is. So. And your personal view on the protests? Um, again, I, I'm, uh, I care you know, about the environment. I'm, I'm in no way a climate change denier, so I completely, completely do um, understand where they're coming from. Not so much the, prote the protests here in Manchester, I completely agree with. I am concerned with some of the sort of, you know, Extinction Rebellion protests, especially when, 
they're telling young teenagers sort of 16, 17 years of age that they need to be prepared to get arrested. That for me is a bit concerning and that's something that I quite simply can't get behind but I do completely respect. You, you know, know, law and order is more important than the future of the planet? <laughs> I, I'm thinking more specifically about those, those individuals, you know. Mm -hmm. As I said, I completely get why they're out there but actually when you've got people high up in organisations like Extinction Rebellion, you know, telling young people to do something that could potentially harm their the future and their job prospects and who knows their ability to go on and uh, help the environment even more um, that's something I, I'm not particularly comfortable with but I do understand why they're out protesting and I am quite impressed by We've heard uh, quite a bit from the Green Party and the Tories there, I want to hear from you guys, Jamie and Aaron on if you support the, the John Owen strikers yeah, I mean, I, def I support, and it's, it's, it's great to see um, non-violent protests achieving something. And you know, we're talking about it now, and that's why it's important because people know about it. And again, it's, and I, I'm glad to see that. I think that similar group or a group maybe in Extinction Rebellion did the same thing in, in council chamber as well um, about the you know failure to, to pass to pass some um, climate emergency and also failure on many counts by we're talking to Uber Local about Manchester City Council on what on what they're doing on on climate change, and, and they're not doing enough. And we recognise that, and I hope the protesters will continue to to highlight that as well. Aaron, do you support the protesters? Of course I do, along with everyone else on the MLS committee and everyone else who I know within Manchester Labour students. I personally found it so inspiring to see the commitment and the uh, energy given by these young activists who have highlighted in this instance the cruel nature of university management and have shown that this university doesn't care about the welfare of students but instead cares about the profits that they make. Mm -hmm. um, I want to move on a little bit to sort of the campaign and what we've seen on the campaign trail so far. Um, during the TV debate on ITV we had a sort of a Conservative Party press account be turned into a Fact Check UK account. We've seen a, a sort of a website, a Labour Manifesto.co.uk um, website popping up. We've seen um, the Labour Party yesterday with its press conference with you know NHS documents and their sort of, you know, lots of headline grabbing you know stats that might not be completely to the truth depending on who you ask it's been quite a nasty campaign so far hasn't it jake it has it hasn't been particularly pleasant but you know on the doorstep down with candidates it hasn't been particularly nasty i think between the two parties yeah you're absolutely right it's getting to that crucial stage now and maybe you know the truth has been afraid a bit from time to time but um yeah we'll have to see i think there are a few signs of desperation from the labor party but for me, personally, down with really good candidates, it's been a positive campaign. On our side, uh, unfortunately, I've been out um, uh, over in a constituency called High Peak, where the Labour Party have resorted to uh, you know, stalking the candidate's partner and actually um, using anti-Semitic abuse. Um, so that's quite upsetting, but um, I think as long as you know, the candidates are nice and respectful and principled on the doorstep, that's really I can't necessarily thing. put that to Aaron because I don't imagine he's been in high peak, so I can't okay, sort of no, just, discuss I just, that. I'm just making the point that, that that's what I've come across. That specific allegation. Um, I want to talk to you, Aaron, about sort of you know Manchester Labour students. We've been on um, FSG sort of preparing for this debate. That's Fallowfield Students Group in Manchester, and we've been sort of asking questions and asking what students want us to sort of talk to you guys about. And there have been constant rows, haven't there? And there's a lot of you know, in Manchester, especially as a big sort of Labour support base. And there have been lots of nasty comments and lots of personal sort of slurs thrown around. Is, is that sort of representative of, of Manchester Labour students? No, I don't think so at all. I, I, alongside everyone else involved in Manchester Labour students, wholeheartedly condemn any form of abuse or bullying in politics. We think it's really important that we keep a, an idea of respect and civility in all political debates. I think, the, but from the campaign so far, from what you are saying earlier, I've been personally really inspired by what I've seen. We've gone uh, door knocking in marginals across the northwest, where we've seen hundreds of volunteers turn out. We've seen every single time we go out, we've seen more and more first-time campaigners. 
We're, uh, we've even, at the moment, actually, Manchester Labour students are housing two activists who've come all the way from Austria to help in the campaign. And uh, it's just to, it's to serve as a reminder that we are an international movement. But you'll have seen the messages on Facebook and on the message boards. You'll have seen sort of messages being slung around that aren't particularly nice. And a lot of them do come from Labour supporters, don't they? They, they may come from Labour supporters, but they don't speak for me and they don't speak for Manchester Labour students. Anyone You're making up a face there, Jamie. What would you say to that? Well, I mean, I've seen the council uh, in Manchester and I've experienced Manchester Labour. And I have to say they... They conduct themselves in an awful, awful way, and it comes right from the top of Manchester Labour. You know, we have someone like uh, Pat Carney, the deputy mayor, who has been, you know, putting through a disciplinary process because of some of the ways he's treated uh, some of the Manchester Lib Dems. And I, I just find it really, really depressing that this is where the state of our uh, politics has got to, where it's, it's quite, you know, there's a lot of candidates who are brilliant candidates for us, but don't want to stand because of the abuse they get. And I have to say, in Manchester it does normally come from Labour, and in other places it will come from the Tories, but I have to say in Manchester it is from well, Labour. I say Aaron does deny that, and he says no, that that's not representative not, yeah. of, of Manchester Labour students. Like Albie, do we need to, how do, how do we moderate the debate? How do we move towards consensus? I would say we need to just step aside and say we need to start including everyone again. We live in very divided times, and there is one single issue that affects us all, and that is climate change. The, the Green Party are proposing a Green New Deal, which unlike the other climate proposals, we are actually offering uh, carbon neutrality by 2030. Obviously the Conservatives have given us 2050, which is, I mean, considering what the UN is telling us, completely ludicrous. The Lib Dems 2045, which is closer to what we want, but again, still not quite there. And then Labour coming up with somewhere in the 2030s, quite like their Brexit position, not really having a solid answer on that one. So can, you, can, you, can you see the Greens sort of entering into any sort of, you know, formal coalition or an informal coalition um, and trying to... We're completely in favour of proportion, proportional representation, well, I think. With respect, we don't have that at the no, moment. of course, yeah, yeah. And um, so, with, you know, we'd be happy to, to be in a coalition with anyone. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously we've stepped aside for the Lib Dems in some cases, and likewise they've done the same for us. We've reached out to Labour. We did step aside for Labour in some seats in 2017. Mm -hmm. um, they did not want to reciprocate that offer once. So as far as I can see, you know, we share a lot in common with Labour, but they're not willing to, to compromise with us. They're not willing to share the spotlight. Jake, we're in Manchester. It's a you know a huge student population. Yeah. Most of those students vote Labour. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to be a Tory, is it? Um, I don't know. Um, I haven't found it as hard as maybe you know I thought it would be. To anyone who is a um, a conservative and maybe hasn't mentioned it, you do find, in all honesty, most people, whether they agree with you or not, are nice, decent human beings. And actually, if you sit down with people and have a polite, decent conversation and try and get your point across, uh, you know, they do understand. So, you know, never be rude or unpleasant, regardless of what side you are, you are on in politics. But actually, you know what, you, and most of us can sit down and have a nice conversation. I'm not afraid to share my political views, but I'm just always doing it. And I always, you know, express them in the nicest way possible and try. And you do hear about these sort of so-called closet Tories, don't you? Is it fair that there are some people who, you know, feel sympathetic to your views and aren't able to, to express them? Oh, yeah, definitely. I can completely get where they're coming from. Um, I think they're definitely are. You'll find there are a lot more people at university with uh, Tory membership cards than maybe you'd expect. Um, our membership's actually a lot stronger than I thought it would be. You know, we have got, I mean, we've got a core membership, but there are well over 100 people involved in one way or another. That's including graduates as well who have uh, previously been at the university. So I think you'll be surprised by the number of Tories that actually are at university from all walks of life in all parts of the country. Albert, did you have something you wanted to say there? I mean, just that the Green Party is kind of, you know, we are going for 
uh, you know, an all-inclusive manifesto. But I mean, on a personal level, I just think, you know, we do need more dialogue. And I think this kind of environment that we're having right now is actually really, you know, a really good, mm -hmm. really good thing to have. So and I think we, I think we need more of, of it. agree, don't we, that there's a need for consensus and a yeah. need for sort of moderation um, within political debate. You know, at the University of Liverpool recently, there was a story in the tab and there were a group of students in a left-wing house and they told a, a young Tory leader that they, there would be a clash if she moved in and she said that, you know, that, that, that she shouldn't come and move into a left-wing house. So this is my sort of fun question, nice question to end on for you. I'll ask you first, Aaron, could you live with a Tory? Well, I live with a couple at the moment, so I reckon I could do all right. <laughs> yes, and how about you, Jamie? Could you live with a, with a Conservative? Yeah, I mean, you could possibly say we did that from 2010 to 2015. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's all about, you know, I, this is why I enjoy doing something like this, is talking to people and sharing views. We all like to see our profiles on Twitter and all that and having a go at each other, but it's when you actually meet people and talk about politics, it's, we all love it and we all like talking about it, so yeah, I could mm -hmm. do, yeah. Albie? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, I would definitely, you know, I don't care what everyone's political views is as long as they are respectable you know, individuals and they accept other political opinions. You know, we, we live in a time particularly with the, you know, the urbanisation of, of Europe where, you know, for some people it's becoming increasingly more difficult to be who you are. Mm -hmm. um, we've just seen in the European Parliament, they were, one of the uh, MEPs was demonstrating that there are now practically no-go zones for the people in the LGBT community in Poland, you know, and I think if, if we stay part of the EU, we really need to work part of that, that, that framework and, and really kind of give, give everyone across the continent the same rights and and respectability they deserve. And I should of course ask you, Jake, could you live with someone like Aaron? Could you live with a staunch oh, Labour yeah, Party definitely. activist? I mean, as long as you do the washing up straight away, <laughs> mind what your political views are. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I've got one more question. I'll start with Albion, sort of go to the right and go round. If you couldn't vote for your party, who would you vote for? So I am actually one of those people that lives in a constituency where, obviously with the Greens, no one's really going to get in that easily. Yeah, I live in Kensington, which won with Labour by 20 votes and particularly with the Grenfell Tower fire that we had um, there's something that was on my doorstep practically um, and I really think that the Tories didn't really deal with that well at all um, we're still seeing the, the issues with that I would I'd float between the Lib Dems and Labour mainly because the Lib Dems do have a firm Remain position but Labour actually does have a stronger climate policy Mm -hmm. Jake, how about you? Who would you vote for if there were no Conservatives? Oh, I don't know. It's a really uh, difficult question. Um, I think I'd go for one of the sort of funny, smaller parties. Like, um, you know, if there was a raving Monster Looney party standing, I'd probably vote for them. I don't think I could ever bring myself to vote Labour. Possibly Lib Dem, depending on who the leader was, but definitely not the leader. And current Lib Dem with Joe Swinson as the leader, could you vote for them? Uh, no. No? <laughs> Why not? Just because of her stance on Brexit. Maybe someone a bit more respectable, a bit more experienced in politics, like mm -hmm. Vince Cable, I think I could definitely get behind mm -hmm. some of the older Lib Dems, um, like Paddy Ashtown, who's obviously sadly passed away. Mm -hmm. I could uh, really get behind, if there wasn't a Tory candidate. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Jamie, who would you vote for if there were no Liberal Democrats? I, I, I don't know if I could. I think I, I might have. Would you spoil, spoil, ballot? spoil my ballot? Um, oh, I think case-by-case case basis on candidates, I think it's different. You know, there are there are very good Labour <laughs> Remain supporting MPs who, you know, for example, if I would live in Liverpool Waver Tree, I would vote for Luciana Berger because I think she's, and luckily she's come to us now. <laughs> Same with Chuck Rovina. There are a lot of these, you know, moderate Labour figures who have actually come to us. So. There'll be no one left for Jamie there? to vote for because there'll all be Lib Dems anyway. Exactly, that's, what, that's <laughs> hopefully what we get. But I, I, I don't know if I could go for either, uh, to be honest. As I said, maybe maybe the Monster Raven Looney Party for me. Uh, and Aaron, who would you vote for? I think I'd struggle to vote for the Conservatives or the Lib Dems after austerity and uh, based on the fact that they do acknowledge the climate crisis we're in I think my best shot as a second choice would have to be the Green Party 
Okay, just one last time. I'm going to go around again, starting with Aaron and then go around to the left. Um, just your closing messages, again, telling students why they should vote for your party. We need to vote for Labour and get a Labour majority government in because the dither and delay of Brexit has been carried out not by Parliament but by the Conservative incompetent government. And if you want real change for young people and for people of all ages and for all colours and creeds across this country, a vote for Labour is the only vote you can cast. Vote for Lib Dem on December the 12th is the only way we can sort out the Brexit mess. Um, you know, we have been very firm on that. But also, in a in more national sense, I look at both leaders in despair. You have Boris Johnson, who is totally not fit to be Prime Minister. He's made statements in the past that have quite frankly been racist and has refused to apologise for them. And then you look at Labour and you have exactly the same. You have two old, tired parties, both with leaders who are not fit to, fit to govern. We have a party leader who doesn't have a, a view on Brexit and has refused on BBC News to apologise for anti-Semitism in his party. I, you know, I think you have to look at the middle ground and elections are one of the middle ground and that's why on December the 12th the only option is the Lib Dems. I know, particularly when we first came into power, it was an incredibly difficult position because of the mess left by the Labour Party. But the Conservatives will create that strong economy that we need for when, when you graduate, you can get into high-paid work. So we need a strong economy, uh, get Brexit uh, delivered, because that's the way a democracy uh, works. We will increase the chances of you being able to buy your own home, start a business, and create a strong economy with a, where you can uh, look forward to a bright future to uh, raise your children. Uh, well, if you want to vote for the Green Party, you should because it, we're about your future, we're about the air you breathe, the land you walk on, and the oceans you swim in. We also demand people's vote. Uh, we want you to live, love and learn across the European Union, and we also respect uh, referendums, and so we would like you to vote in a people's vote, and we also want you to have universal basic income so that you can live the life you deserve. Fantastic. That's, that's, that's it. I hope that wasn't too painful, folks. Um, a huge thank you to all of you for coming in. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for, for being here and joining us. And we hope to see you again soon. This podcast was brought to you by Fuse FM. It was mediated by Josh Sandiford, produced by Ellie Martin and Megan Ayinka, and recorded by Hannah Connery for Fuse TV. Fuse.